Hello and welcome to the Be Health Curious podcast, where we talk all things bariatric surgery. I'm Robin, one of the founders of Health Curious, and today we're talking with Dr. Silvia Lecifaria, who was and is the first bariatric nutritionist in Brazil. She's worked with tens of thousands of patients and has a PhD in human nutrition. She's truly an expert in helping patients succeed after bariatric surgery. In this episode, we're going to go through some frequently asked questions and she'll be sharing her answers. But first, I will let her introduce herself. So please enjoy. My name is Sivel Faria. I'm a nutritionist. I work with bariatric surgery for more than 20 years. I have done all of my research on bariatric surgery and nutrition fields, and I have done master science and PhD, and I have just finished my postdoctorate research. I have a clinic. I work with the, my clinic um, half of the time. The other half of the time, I share my time with the internet, with my social media work and I take care of my family that I like to do and I also like to do exercises and nowadays I'm doing Mai Tai. Oh wow, Mai Tai. <laughs> yeah, but I use it to do Pilates and I love volleyball, I love to do sports. That's great. Um, out of curiosity, why did you choose to go into bariatric surgery? It's your specialty, you're you yeah. know, world-renowned for this. Yeah. How did you come to work in bariatric surgery? I, I love to work in hospitals. When I was working here, my, the place I live, in a big hospital, there was one surgeon that began, it was one of the first ones in Brazil, began to do bariatric surgery and he needed a nutritionist and he invited me to work with him. And when I began, I saw that uh, it, this is a very specific area and I saw that I needed to study a lot if I really needed to help the patients, something that I love to do. So I asked her to um, get out from the, the hospital and I began to do my master science and work just with bariatric surgery. And just in terms of curiosity, the surgeon is uh, actually my husband nowadays. So <laughs> then I didn't, so, I didn't stop yes. working with that and live oh, in great. bariatric surgery. <laughs> great. Now let's get into the frequently asked questions. What are some ways that patients can avoid weight regain? Well, weight regain is um, a very important point. A lot of patients are afraid about uh, regaining weight. The nutritional follow-up can help patients to not have weight regain in many ways. The one that I would like to highlight first is that uh, to keep muscle mass is very important to do not have weight regain. After bariatric surgery, we have a lot of causes for increasing uh, basal metabolic rate. Uh, however, muscle mass is the most important one. When, when you lose weight and you lose also a, a lot of muscle mass, your basal metabolic rate is going to drop and then you can have weight regain because as time passes, patients are going to eat more calories and if you do not expand a lot of calories with your basal metabolic rate and having muscle masses, you can have weight regain. There is some papers showing uh, the correlation and the relations between basal metabolic rate and weight regain. So. Um, increasing muscle mass and decreasing fat mass will lead to prevent weight regain. 
The second point is that patients that are used to have a gigantic or a big number of meals during the day, is they are accustomed to snack during the day, it can increase the carbohydrate intake and it can, can increase the caloric intake. And these patients can lose less weight that they expect to lose. Another point that is very important is that uh, patients should take advantage from the first six months. So in the first six months, patients should eat less calories. When they increase or with fat or with alcohol or with uh, some drinks or food that they will, they, they are able to eat more, they can uh, have weight regain in the long term. Another important point is alcohol. It can uh, lead to weight regain because they can drink and they do not have satiety with uh, drinking things. So it's another important point. And another very important point that has a correlation with muscle mass is that exercises matter. So they need to do exercises, not because they're going to do exercises and they are going to spend more calories. This doesn't go like the way we think it goes. When they exercise, they will uh, stimulate the muscles to produce some substances that are going to lead them to have more satiety and less stress to sleep better so it, it has multiple effects so doing exercise is very important and besides all of these effects it's gonna help patients to keep their muscle masses so exercise it's it's not really about burning off the calories it's about creating a biochemical state in your body that's conducive yes. to weight loss yes. and keeping your weight down yes, yes. very interesting are there any specific types of exercise that you recommend over others, or is all exercise good? All exercises are good. I cannot say that they aren't. However, when we talk about muscle mass, uh, it is important to do some strength exercise uh, that will uh, stimulate the muscles. You can do aerobic exercise also, but just aerobic exercise, probably you're not going to uh, keep your muscle mass as well as when they do also strength exercise. So I know that you've also studied the microbiome of patients after surgery. How is this influenced and do you recommend people take probiotics? On my postdoctorate research, I evaluated the microbiome of patients in the preoperative moment, postoperative moment with no weight regain and postoperative moment with weight regain. The good news is that the patients that had already had renoigastric bypass, all of them, they have better microbiota than when they do not have surgery than the, the morbid obese population. However, there is a difference between the group that had weight regain and that didn't have weight regain. So patients that didn't have weight regain, they have microbiota more rich in terms of number of bacteria and more diverse. Uh, and more diverse. And the other people, the, the patients that presented weight regain, didn't present this diversity of uh, bacteria. I would love to say that probiotics are going to help, but we cannot say that so far. The mm -hmm. science couldn't prove that. We can say that probiotics can help patients to, to deal with some gastrointestinal problems like dysbiosis and signs and symptoms of dysbiosis, but to lose more weight with probiotics, we cannot say that. What we can say is that if the patient presents a better eating habit, like eating 
protein, good carbohydrates like low glycemic carbohydrates and fibers and vitamins and minerals, they are going to preserve their microbiota better than when compared with patients that had bad habits, like if, if I can say bad is not a good, a good word, but inadequate behavior and eating more foods that are rich in fat and industrialized and uh, rich in sugar when they have this habit we call like this western diet the microbiome is gonna change and we will have a less diverse microbiome and it has a correlation with weight regain you cannot say that it leads to weight regain but it has a correlation with weight regain there is one specific point that almost nobody talks about that the Runway gastric bypass increases the production of GLP-1, this is an, an increasing, but what is very, very important when we talk about intestine is that GLP-1 increases the production of GLP-2, and GLP-2 makes the intestine healthier. They are going to protect you more from infection. It is going to increase the energy uptake from the intestine. So the person is going to receive less calories and the intestine is going to take more energy. So it is a very important point that I would like to do another research about GLP-2. So interesting. If someone starts to regain weight, what do you recommend they do? The question is very good and there is a very important point in this question is that if the person starts to weight regain, so it's very important to weight regularly because if you do not care about your weight, suddenly you're going to see that you are like 10 pounds over and then 20 pounds over and then it's very important to care about that. If the person starts regaining weight, I would recommend first point is that the patient should be careful about how much carbohydrate carbohydrate and protein they are eating because it is very easy to increase carbohydrates bread and potatoes and you are increasing 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 and it's very difficult to increase protein intake carbohydrates are more available it's tasty and so patients have a habit of increasing carbohydrate over time so be careful probably uh, you can take notes and you can see how much carbohydrates you are eating or you can use an app to analyze that and you're going to see that you are decreasing in, uh, protein intake. Second point, probably if you were regaining weight because you stopped taking or the protein or the multivitamins so, and you are increasing your hunger and you are losing muscle mass. This is another very important point. Third, you should be careful that you are not taking alcohol very regularly. Alcohol has an effect on the microbiome. And another point is that you should be careful if you are or not snacking over time or taking liquids worth calories. You should take neutral liquids, they call neutral liquids, no zero calories. And examples of neutral liquids would be water, tea. Water, tea. Eh. Okay. First water, but tea is another option. Great. <laughs> and then it ends because... <laughs> and then it ends no more. <laughs> I also wanted to ask why is protein specifically such an important macronutrient to include in your diet? First, because they will help you to keep your muscle mass healthier. Second, because when you talk about macronutrients, protein is the first one when you talk about satiety. that gives an increased satiety, so you will present less meals per day and you're going to feel satiety earlier if you increase protein all of your meals. Protein should be like the most important one in your meals. Protein. Great. 
as a practicing nutritionist, what do you see your patients struggle with most? Two, I guess, two things for me that are challenging when I take care of patients, something that I love to do. The first one is taking the multivitamins. They're not easy to take multivitamins daily. Uh, sometimes, like when they are more than one year, they want to have a healthier life and a normal life, so they don't want to feel that they are bariatric surgery patients, and then they want to be like, far away from the pills and then they stop doing it. No, I'm not feeling anything, I'm okay, so I will not take these vitamins. And it takes time for the nutritional deficiencies to appear. So they're gonna feel that like one year after and then sometimes they will present anemia or a neuropathy, something like that, that should be avoided if they are using multivitamin daily. I can understand patients, but it's difficult to help patients to use that daily because it should be done daily. And some nutritional deficiencies, they lead to some neuropathies that some some of them can be irreversible and they can have an effect on their mental health because they need complex B vitamins and things like that. So sometimes I'm sorry to see patients that have nutritional deficiencies and they couldn't prevent, they didn't take the, the multivitamins. This is, this is a point that I am concerned. We should talk more about that so they mm. are aware that they should take. But it is a prevention, it's not a treatment, so this is yeah. a point. The other one is the protein intake. It's, I'm, I'm, I know I'm repetitive, but th this is true. Good reminder. <laughs> and that it is not because they are doing a kind of uh, protein diet or because they, I want them to lose more weight. It's nothing like that. It's just that they have to achieve a recommendation that they are not able to achieve with the bariatric surgery. It's not because they are going to eat and the, the protein is not going to be absorbed and something like that is because they cannot eat the quantity of protein they should eat. So, And sometimes it is difficult because how can I tell patients, no, all the time you're gonna eat something, eat protein. What about what they like to eat? They like to eat a fruit or a bread, something like that. They, they can eat, but they are not gonna achieve protein and they will have to add protein. What I have seen so far is that when patients, they use like the first year, and daily, and then when they uh, achieve the, the weight that they are expecting to achieve, and they think, oh, okay, I'm okay, I'm nauseated, this is something I don't want to take, I will stop taking protein. And then they begin to regain weight because they will increase carbohydrates. So mm. this is a point. And just one follow-up question, because you mentioned that people can slowly, they can feel really good and then they can slowly start to get a nutritional deficiency. What are some early signs that people can recognize in themselves? Oh, great question, great. <clears throat> uh, loss of memory, ataxia, they, they are walking, walking and they are can't walk straight. <laughs> yes, and they can feel depression and most of the time they think they are depressed. I'm not decreasing the importance of having a psychiatrist or psychologist, but the, there is a very recent paper this year that have shown the importance of complex B vitamins in mental health of bariatric patients. I guess we will have lots of paper about this topic. So mental confusion, uh, ocular chains, sometimes they go to the doctor, they increase uh, the prescription for their eyes and this is has a correlation with complex B vitamins. Sometimes they will have uh, compulsive uh, behaviors and eating things that they are not used to eat. This is the most common. Yeah, 
that's helpful so patients can be on the lookout for that. And lastly, what are some tips that you like to give your patients? Anything that we didn't mention so far that you think is really important for patients to know? Uh, as we were talking about mental health and patients that had had bariatric surgery, there is one very important nutrient called thiamine that's very important for the memory, for the connections, and for the neurons, depends on thiamine all the nervous system and the recommendation for bariatric patients are 12 milligrams up to 50. This is a prevention. And most of the multivitamins, they have 1 point something, 1.4 milligrams. So their needs are so higher that if they are just taking a multivitamin, like a normal multivitamin, they will have nutritional deficiencies in terms of thiamine and it can be reversible sometimes, they, they will. Uh, not ju just the depression or the ataxia, sometimes they will lose the capacity to walk, they will need wheelchairs, and this is mm. something that could be prevented. And it's so uh, easy and it is so cheap to buy a complex B vitamin, so maybe if I could give a tip. So <laughs> if you're yes, taking a, a, a general multivitamin, add a complex B because you're going to prevent a lot of problems good for your body and your mind yeah it's like you've mentioned in the past hypoglycemic events which is where your blood sugar falls low why does this happen and how can it be avoided it happens because of bariatric surgery increases the production of insulin when patients are eating a meal that are rich in carbohydrates the absorption of carbohydrates is going to be faster they will have a peak of glucose in their blood and then a peak of insulin and then the insulin takes the glucose to the cells and there is an increased insulin in the body and low glucose that happens like 60 to one hour and a half after the meal and it can go down 60 or 50 uh, millimol of uh, uh, milligrams i don't know millimol milligrams 50 or 60 and their glucose in their but in their blood and they can present probably they will present sometimes and symptoms of hypoglycemic events they will present tachycardia they will be sweating they can have mental confusion they can have headaches and uh, hypoglycemia can lead to uh, damage in their brain so this is something that we don't want to happen often and it can be prevented with uh, the use of mixed meals we call mi mixed meals all of the meals have to have carbohydrate low glycemic load carbohydrate fat and protein so instead of eating one banana you should eat banana with oat oatmeal on mm -hmm. uh, the nuts and then you have mm -hmm. fat and you have fiber and you have carbohydrates so uh, instead of eating a bread or a cake you can eat a uh, whole grain bread with um, butter and with uh, cheese instead of eating just pasta you can eat pasta with meat together and so adding protein and fiber in all of the meals will help patients who do not have hypoglycemic events you talked about snacking for a moment do you recommend patients snack or don't snack or does it depend on patient to patient it depends on patient to patient 
Some years ago, we were more concerned about the number of meals per day, and we use it to recommend some snacks. But what the research we have so far, we have seen that patients there are not hungry between the important meals, like from the lunch to, to dinner, the patient is not hungry, and you add a meal because you think the patient needs, the patient will lose the capacity to see if they are eating because they need to eat or because they are hungry. So they need to know if they are hungry or not. So there is one good paper telling us that this is this has a correlation with weight regain when you add meals and the patient loses the, the control um, what they are uh, hungry. It is called lack of control eating. So they are eating because they think they need to eat. And so I'm concerned about that. Now, for a lot of patients, I recommend less meals per day and to eat when they are hungry, but it depends on patients. There are some patients that are hungry, they need to eat because they do not feel well, they have a headache, they begin to be irritated, so they need to eat. So this is a different case and you need to add a snack between important meals. When I was talking about snacking is a kind of behavior, uh, eating behavior, patients that are used to eat nuts or something that they can eat little by little and Doritos and Cheetos and things like that. <laughs> and they can eat little by little and then they will not get satiety and then mm -hmm. they will eat probably carbohydrates. Yeah, wonderful. Very, very yes. informative. Where can people find you? I'm on Instagram, uh, Dr. Silvia H. Faria and Bariatric Nutrition Silvia. And also I have a page on the internet, silvialhfariaphg.com.br. I will link that in the description. Well, thank you so much. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to hear more contents like this, please consider subscribing to the Be Health Curious podcast so you don't miss a beat. Thank you for listening, stay positive, stay healthy, and we'll see you next time.